Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We are recording here in the month of June 2019. It is known as Gay Pride Month by our culture, unfortunately. And we are trying to address some of these issues that we see happening in the sexual revolution in here in America and the world. The last couple of days, we have um, kind of started some of those foundational questions about what the Bible says about sexuality. Yesterday's broadcast, I think, was especially important when we talked about the diversity of the laws that we see in the Bible. In the Old Testament, there are ceremonial laws, there were civil laws, and that there were moral laws. And the ceremonial and the civil laws met their completed end, so to speak, in Christ. There are some exceptions with the civil law. But when we get to the moral law, that is unchanging because it reflects God's own character. God couldn't have commanded contrary to what he commanded, for instance, in Mm the Ten Commandments. And so when somebody says, well, you you Christians, you just pick and choose which laws that you want to obey or disobey. For instance, you, you you mix cotton and wool, which is a prohibition in the ceremonial law in the Old Testament, but you... You ignore that law, but when it comes to sexuality, you are, you are all over it. You guys are hypocrites. We answered that question yesterday. If you missed the broadcast, just subscribe to The Gospel for Life, and you can listen to it again. But today, um, one of the things I want to ask, um, I think one of the results of an uneducated church, an undiscipled church, is that we have a whole generation of Christians who have re- reacted against homosexuality because they think it's gross, and that is the, their reason why homosexuality is wrong. And the problem with that, having that as your foundation is that once you meet a, a neighbor who is a homosexual and they're a kind, semi-decent person, then that ick factor, we call it, goes away. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, homosexuality is not wrong anymore. They've completely lost their whole epistemological foundation for why homosexuality is wrong. So, brothers, why is, like, fundamentally, why is homosexuality wrong? Why, why is sexual immorality wrong? And that would be the umbrella for homosexuality mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, because, it, because it violates, and, and I'm talking about all sexual sin here, and, and not just same-sex relations, but... It's wrong because it violates God's will and God's good will and intention. Uh, it, it violates the created order that's been revealed in Scripture. God has not left us without a word, and this is foundational, obviously, to the Christian faith. You know, God has not left us in, in a dark world to feel around and, and find our own way in the dark. Uh, God has revealed his good will and intention. And it's not legalism to say that, that God has revealed his intention for his people. And to, to stand by in silence while, you know, you know, while the world uh, <laughs> violates the will of God, uh, that, that ultimately is, is not loving. Um, 
Hey, well, I'll let one of you guys well, pick up here. I think, I think one of the challenges that we have is that um, when, we, when we're talking about, oftentimes we're pressed to say something about this, and we're pressed to say something about this based on the prohibitions or the law that we find in God's Word, when the law it, in and of itself isn't the gospel. Um, we need. We always need to go back. Who who are we? We are we are we are made in the image of God. This defines who we are. You know, the world has been trying to find meaning in every other way other than who God created us to be. And if we find our meaning somewhere else, we're we have a flawed meaning. Uh, you know, we 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 have a flawed paradigm there. You know, the there's uh, people that will try to find. You know, it's a category failure when. We start thinking about how we behave, defining who we are. Who we are is defined in God's word. It's not defined by the things that we do, mm. you know, or the things that um, we feel. And so, what happens is we get a flawed view, you know. The, and so the world, you know. And so what happens is you mentioned the nice person, you know. The, the flawed view is these people are just nice people, mm-hmm. and, and, and therefore, you know, that's what I'm really after is being nice people. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the flawed view. So what happens is we have the flawed view of who we are, and then we have a flawed ethic. And then if we have a flawed ethic, we have a, a, a flawed, flawed view of who we are. It just yeah, says a right. downward cycle, you know. Uh, so I think that what we need to do is um, – Remind people not to reject the essence of who they are. They've they've been created by our Creator. Our identity is given to us by God. In Him we live and move and have our being. Um, you know, so simply defining who we are by what we think and feel um, is a is a coup against God. That's Jonathan. That is such an important point. Um, so going back to those four fundamental worldview questions: creation, fall, redemption, glory. Uh, where did we come from? Creation. What went wrong in the world? Fall. Mm-hmm. How are we made right? Redemption. How is history going to end? Glory. That second question of what went wrong with the world. We go back to Genesis 3. The temptation from Satan to Adam and Eve was, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened. You will, you will be like God. And right there, right there is the same temptation and the same sin that we have been committing ever since. We are acting like our own God. We are acting autonomous. We actually think that we have the right to define who we are. Right. And even saying that, listener, you don't have the right to define who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that, isn't that a treasonous statement in yes. our culture? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, that's the sin that becomes the, the, the claiming the right to define who I am. Uh, claiming godlike status is the sin that comes before every other sin. It is, it's no mistake that theologically it's called original sin. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's because it's the sin that comes before every other one. We have all inherited, inherited it. Mm-hmm. It infects me and every other person, whether gay, straight, uh, or, or, any, or anywhere on the spectrum uh, uh, that the, the modern world imagines human sexuality, it infects every one of us. And our call in Christ is to submit our whole selves to Christ. We've talked about, you know, you meet your, your, your gay or lesbian neighbor or transgendered neighbor who's a really nice person. And of course, yeah, 
I've had the gift in my life of, of knowing people who identified as gay and lesbian, and, uh, some in that lifestyle, some who left it for the sake of Christ. Um, and I've known a lot, of, and, and I've never met one I didn't like. I'll, 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 maybe, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but mm-hmm. the gospel, friends, the gospel is not about being nice people. It's about being new people. Amen. It's about right. God taking broken human beings uh, who have been in rebellion against him and redeeming them by the power of the cross of Jesus and making us new. And when we become a new creation of Christ, we don't know how to live. We, we, apart from God's word, we don't know how to do this thing because we've been taught lies by the world and lies from our own hearts from the time we were, you know, for our entire lives. We need to be retaught how to live. Yeah. And and that's where God's word shows us the way to life. You you mentioned earlier the the ick factor. And mm-hmm. and that's you know the thing is is as Christians there shouldn't be a, an ick factor when we think about uh, those that are living in sin. We recognize that those that are living in sin were still created in the image of God. So yes. there's a there's a, a responsibility on all of our parts to you know see the image of God in that other person yes. that, he, that person was created in God's image he may be denying that image in himself but that's why I can have a, a friendship with that person yeah. because there's a sanctity in the image of God yes. that's we we uh, we desire life we we uh, advocate for the unborn because uh, there's a, a special sanctity in life itself that's that right. was created in the image of God. And so whether I recognize that in the unborn or I recognize that in my sinful neighbor or my sinful self, um, you know, I, I'm, I need to remember the image of God. That's right. So the question I asked, and, and you guys answered it just fabulously, you know, why is homosexuality wrong? And we would include all of sexual immorality in that same question. And Phil, you said, you know, because it violates the will and intention of God, it violates a natural order. I want to get to that on a, a future broadcast. Yeah. But um, I, I actually, I want to answer that question from a slightly different perspective. Um, I, want to, I want to answer the question, why is homosexuality wrong from a gospel perspective? In Colossians chapter 1, when Paul is speaking about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ, he says that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation for By him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him, and here's the key, and for him. Yeah. So those last three words are so critical to the argument I'm about to make. Not only did Jesus make all things, but all things were made for him. Yeah. Meaning everything tells a story about Christ Everything, and you see this in the scripture. Paul talks about our resurrected bodies, and he points to the natural order of something has to die in in order for it to be raised up again from the dead. So think about that when you're camping this summer. Pine cones tell a story about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, doesn't it? Okay, so how does sexuality tell a story about the gospel? Well, because in in Ephesians chapter 5, when Paul is giving the ethics for husband and wife duties, he says, I tell you a great mystery. This refers to Christ and the church. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when we deviate from the original design mm-hmm. of our sexuality, we're actually lying about the gospel. We're lying about our Savior, Jesus Christ, because marriage ultimately is a display 
of Jesus Christ and the church. We have all mm-hmm. these displays of Jesus Christ and the church. They're little narratives, they're little stories. Mm-hmm. And when we distort that, this is one of the reasons why God hates divorce so much. When we distort that story, we lie about the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We lie about his purposes. That's right. Right. Okay, so um, maybe a couple questions. Um, we'll, we'll touch on this today, and then we'll probably follow up with it tomorrow. How should Christians interact with those dealing with these issues? And there's kind of three categories. We'll probably only get to one or two of them. How should Christians interact with those dealing with these issues in the church, outside of the church, in the political realm? So maybe in the church first. Sure. First of all, the church needs to be absolutely clear about its teaching and unambiguous about its teaching. And that begins with being unambiguous about where we discover the will of God, that we discover the will of God in his written word, the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we do not, and in the church of Jesus Christ, we do not draw our values and our definition of truth from the world that does not know God. Mm-hmm. Um, and brothers, you guys know my story. I mean, I uh, left a denomination that I had served for over 30 years, Presbyterian Church USA. Don't tell that uh, story yet because we have like 15, 20 seconds okay, left. Okay, well, so, this will be a teaser for, yes, yes, for, for tomorrow's tomorrow. show. Yeah. Okay, so. Well, just to pick up on what Phil was saying, we go back to sola scripture or tota scripture, all of scripture. And that's the difference between that and sola experientia. Yeah. Um, people want to uh, define things by their experience. We define things by God's word. That's right. Amen. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. If you've missed any of these past broadcasts, just subscribe to The Gospel for Life, either through your iOS or Android. We would love to have you um, be a regular listener. We'll see you next time.